0: I love this town. I love this. This town. You know what I love about this town is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive
1: soul. We're for people, and that's what we care about. everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supports Trust podcast. If you've not watched or listened to the Brighton Review podcast, we are now available on video, on YouTube, via all the links on our socials and indeed where you're, well, listening to this podcast. Um, if you want to stay listening, you're more than welcome, but as I say, the opportunity to watch the podcast instead of just listen to it is there. You are now watching or listening to our Chelsea Preview podcast, Friday night, 8pm uh, Sky Sports, if you've not got a ticket to go. I'm Kev, I'm your host as always, and I'm joined once again by the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe and the Trust Chairman Tony Murray. Um, gents, Game 2 of the Premier League, Tony, another big, uh, big club, supposed big six club, spent God knows how much money, big ground, Friday night, under the lights, Should be a great one.
0: Should be a great one. But I remember Chelsea when they were in Division 2 and you get struggling to get 7,000 at home, mate. So (laughs) they'll go back a long way. But it should be a a good night. Hopefully we'll have learnt the lessons from Brighton.
1: Yeah, I guess, James, when the fixtures come out, you know, the, the supposed big six, isn't it? This is the first time that we're playing one of them. I, I guess you could argue we've actually played a big six and we're no longer playing a big six, but we'll leave that argument for another day. Either way, Chelsea away, it's one of those iconic grounds in, in England, isn't it? And they're one of the supposed iconic clubs, albeit one that's uh, made its way through, you know, financially uh, benefit, financial benefactors rather than the way that we've done it. Yeah, I
2: wouldn't call Chelsea iconic. If I, for me, I'm, uh, I'm with uh, I'm with Tony. Um, there'll be a lot of Chelsea fans out there that don't remember that they were a bit of a tin pot club. Um, certainly not the pride of London, which seems to be sloganed all around their ground and everything. I thought that was Arsenal. Well, there you go. They've they've decided they're the pride of London. But um, no, listen, they um, Abramovich came in, spent loads of money, put them where they were, got Mourinho in, obviously as well, but. Um, uh, they've, they've been taken over by this new guy who <clears throat> I don't I, I I don't know what the point of uh, FFP is if they're going to spend all the amount of money that they have been spending you know if they, the last two signings they've just spent more than it's probably going to cost to build power court on two players um, crazy yeah it is crazy um, there was a thing on social media where they posted the amount of money that Chelsea have spent against the amount of money that Luton has spent this summer and <clears throat> then they're, they're near are they near a billion is, is 986 million pounds near a, a billion i don't know it's too much for me to even con, con compute but um yeah it's uh they are a big club in the sense that they expect to be in the top 6 i think and they've bought expecting to be probably higher than that into the champions league and maybe even challenging but um uh, in terms of a big club, not for me. But, um, you know, they're going to be favourites and uh, they, they they will expect to win.
1: Controversy, as always, guaranteed on uh, the Luton Town <laughs> Trust podcast. Uh, any complaints, divert them to the Lutonian. We're not interested. Um, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, if you're a 12-year-old that didn't know football existed before 1992, don't bother. Mm.
1: Fair dues, fair dues. Tony, 45 previous meetings between Luton and Chelsea, 14 wins for Luton, 12 draws, 19 defeats. The three most recent defeats have all been in the FA Cup, two of which pretty, pretty recently, obviously two seasons ago. Chelsea were the visitors Kenilworth Road, 3-2 in that game after Luton led 2-1 at half-time. Prior to that, during COVID season, when nobody could go, we lost 3-1 at Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we all know the first one of those three meetings when we lost 2-0 at uh, Wembley Stadium on, well, Kerry Dixon's best performance for Chelsea, I would um, argue. But um, <laughs> yeah. definitely hoping that the table's turned this time around.
0: Well, I, I really, really hope so. Um, I don't think in that those two of those uh, games, the most recent two, I don't think we disgraced ourselves against Chelsea. Um, With a bit more luck, we could have done better out of that. And They're they're always, um, you know, eventful games because they're so close to us, aren't they? I mean, it's, um, I mean, one of my best friends is a Chelsea season ticket holder. And um, you talk to him, he remembers those days in Division Two and he hates all the new wave coming to, to Chelsea, you know, the prawn sandwich brigade as he calls them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and he, he tells me, he said they're all like day trippers. You know, he said you'll sit in the stand and he's watching the game and he said you'll see them round, they spend more time on their phones mm-hmm. than they do actually watching the game and, and unfortunately it's a it's a sad sign of the times, isn't it? But, um, no, I, th- I think Friday Friday night, uh, I think Chelsea will know they've been in a game. And uh, I, I, I'm just hoping that all the Luton fans will be up for this one like they were at Brighton.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they will be. Um, James, you were at both of the two recent Cup games. Obviously, the one down there where you was talking to yourself, because there weren't many of you <laughs> there. Uh, and the home game where in particular the home game, we gave more than a good uh, account of ourselves. But do you think that the fact that a lot of players that played that night will possibly be playing in this game will kind of benefit us? We kind of know what we're going into here. Whereas against Brighton, we hadn't played them in God knows how long. There was so much sort of, not fear of the unknown, but there was the unknown and, and no one really, it's like that Mike Tyson quote, isn't it? Everyone has a plan until they get punched on the chin. And, you know, we did get punched on the chin, but now we've kind of had that and, you know the familiarity. Do you think that might help us on Friday night?
2: Um, yeah, I mean you've got to learn from every experience that you play in the Premier League. Uh, otherwise, you are destined for the drop. Um, and so Luton have got to learn and learn quickly. Um, but those games in the the FA Cup, they they run them quite close, especially at, at Kenworth Road. I, I don't really count the one in the COVID season because yeah. You know, I was there, sat in an empty Stamford Bridge, but the one at Kenilworth Road, when the atmosphere was electric, sort of shows the power of the ground and what it can do for for the home team. And the start was fantastic, and, and, and Bert's goal was wonderful. I, I I don't think you can read too much into it because that was under Nathan Jones, um, now under Ed, Edwards, and Chelsea are under Mauricio Pochettino, and they've they virtually wholesale change their side, really. Um, I know Luton have brought in 10 players, but there's still a core of those players that have got us up to the Premier League, Where if, as Chelsea, have they've got rid of 15 so far, brought in 13, I think. They've got rid of Mason Mount, who's the connection to the, the fans and the club and the academy, and they've brought in, you know, Caicedo for 115 million, I think it would be... Once you've I hope he plays like
0: he did at the weekend.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Give away a penalty.
1: He seems to be desperate to play against Luton, doesn't he? Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, we were always going to catch up with him eventually. He obviously didn't play against uh, us for Brighton, but him, lo and behold, game two, there he is.
2: Yeah. I mean, in a certain way, Luton and Chelsea are kind of in the same boat, but sh- shopping in different supermarkets, as Nathan Jones used to say. They <laughs> Both got players... Uh, and teams that they need to bed in and get used to each other. And, um, as we record today, um, and Edwards has been on sky sports, um, talking about Chelsea and said that they might not be at their best at the moment. might not have hit a right rhythm. And that's probably the, the ideal situation to face them in. That's, that's a chance. That's a chink in the armor for Luton to try and exploit. Um, Because if they play to their potential, and that's what they've kind of bought, that's what Gary Neville was talking about on Monday Night Football, that Chelsea have have paid all this money for potential, Um, which, you know, obviously the potential is one of the things they look for. But when you spend all that amount of money, and particularly the Chelsea fans and and the new ones that Tony was talking about, they expect success. Mm. And so if they don't get it, then, yeah, there's there's a high chance that, those fans could get on their back and you've almost got to treat it like a cup final uh, not cup final a cup game where you've got to frustrate them and get the crowd you know a bit nervous because they all think that they should beat Luton and there'll be a healthy portion of them think that they should absolutely batter Luton and if it turns out that that doesn't happen like for the first half an hour that's cup game territory and that's probably where you've got to try and aim not your tactics I mean I expect that Edwards is going to come up with a better tactics than that but aim your uh, attention at these big games these big clubs that expect to steamroll you and I think that's probably a, a, a good place Yeah, I think
0: you're spot on with that James it, it, we've got to you know well we're we're going to be on the back foot for a lot of the game, you know they're going to have most of the possession, so we need to churn out uh, a championship star performance you know where we we dug in and we held held out and had to scrap and fight for what we got in those games and I think that's the way it's going to be on Friday night. We need a tighter defense. You know, we, we we need people to up their defensive games, and uh, we need marvelous to start showing us
2: his his form from last season as well. I suppose, really, if you look at the weekend game with Chelsea, West Ham did what Luton should be aiming to do because they didn't have the ball, West Ham, but when they got into vital positions and they they scored the goals and they they frustrated Chelsea because they aren't. They aren't clicking. They had a lot of the ball, when Raheem Sterling played particularly well, which is one of the danger men that Luton have got to look out for. But they've got a new striker who looks lightning, but maybe if he doesn't, if he goes, you know, two, three, four, five games without scoring, they've had so many number nines that club that, that, that are duffers as soon as they pull on a blue shirt. You know, it, it, it could be one of those situations, and there's all these little mini battles and mini, mini wins you can get against Chelsea we should be trying to get that could add up to the sum total of a decent result and that's you know probably a, a decent way to look at it.
1: Yeah when you say we shop in a different supermarkets, I mean this is literally Harrods against Poundland isn't it really <laughs> I mean you know Harrods <laughs> right on their doorstep and Poundland well we, maybe Aldi you know maybe not Poundland but um, yeah we'll come on to some of those key battles in a minute uh, but before we do let's have a look at the potential two teams for the game Tony do you envisage Rob Edwards making many changes from the Brighton game?
0: Um I don't think so. I don't think so, because um he's got to um give the the, the side that played a chance to bed in and, and get to know one another. I th- I think perhaps maybe in, in, in view what we're up against, uh, you might see a role for Alan Campbell in there, I think. Chasing them down and uh, helping us to win the ball back, but you know maybe playing Morris up front on his own, you know. But um, I I, I, don't, I don't envisage too many changes on that. I don't. What about to... yourself,
1: James? Do you see any any changes from that Brighton side? I mean, obviously, I suppose the first thing we have to consider who will be in goal. Since Brighton, Tim Cruel's come in kind of strikes me as the kind of fellow who's probably not left Norwich to come here and sit on a bench but equally I don't suppose Kaminsky's come in, uh, left Blackburn to sit on a bench so who do you see starting in goal and do you see any other changes sort of in front of that?
2: I think it would be Kaminsky um, because Luton have been trying to get that experienced goalkeeper all summer haven't they? that's why they were linked with Begovic and they were linked with Heaton um, to try and get that Premier League experience to come in Tim Krull is very experienced. He's played in the Premier League. He's an international player, but he also has been playing second fiddle at Norwich as well. So, you know, two Championship clubs were the you know Blackburn and Norwich. When Thomas Minsky was the number one choice for them, and he's come in and he's played the first game, and you know, it's not unfe- it's not unfeasible that Krull could come in, but he's only been there for a couple of days uh, at this point as we record. So I think you you keep it and you you keep the same, particularly when Kaminsky hasn't done anything particularly to be cast aside. I know you, you look at four goals. You know, one was a penalty. One was a penny uh, <laughs> massive gaff that killed the game. The other one he had no. The last one he had no chance because it was slid across the box. And so. Um. Yeah, it's one of those where I think it would be really unfair for him to come out, and might sort of unsteady the ship as well because he's a new player as well. You've got to, you've got to give him that, and he's got a bed in. If you start chopping and changing now, I don't know if that really benefits anyone. So I'd stay, I'd stay with Kaminsky. I think
1: whoever it is, they can wear the same training top, can't they? Because it's TK uh, versus TK. So that that was forward planning. That was um, in front of them. See any changes in front of them, perhaps? I've noticed in the videos that have been doing the rounds that Rhys Burke's back in training. I'm also pretty sure, without giving too much away, that he played one of the 30 minutes against Arsenal behind closed doors. So he could be knocking on the door. Obviously, he's got recent previous against them as well.
2: I think it's probably going to be a bit too soon, isn't it? Considering his, I I want to see Rhys Burke back. We've talked about him many a times in previous um, seasons of the podcast that we really like. Him. He's he's a little bit made of glass and that's what we've got to try and overcome. I think if you rush him back too much, then maybe that could be detrimental for him. But, you know, if Luton need something there, then um, I, I wouldn't be disappointed to see him on the bench. I think everybody would. You need as many defenders uh, to be able to pick from uh, as possible. He's a bit threadbare going into the Brighton game, but um, I, I wouldn't say that he'd start but if he's on the bench then that bodes well for them
1: I mean pretty much everyone at the clubs on the bench these days if they aren't playing aren't they um, yeah. you know getting gets longer and longer and longer these benches uh, Tony you mentioned maybe playing Morris up front but is there a role perhaps for Jacob Brown maybe slightly deeper
0: yeah I think so because he he's got the pace and to perhaps trouble that Chelsea defence getting the knockdowns from uh, Carlton and he's also puts himself about, and that, and I think that's what we've got to do against them. We've got to rough them up, you know, let them know that we're there. And, uh, you know, I think Jacob showed in that first game he's got enough and there's potential there and a bit of pace about him, and I think that's what we're going to need because I can't see us getting too many chances on Friday night. So any that we do get, we've got to make them count.
1: Yeah we do indeed I mean to be fair West Ham didn't create millions of chances but they did uh, score three goals Mm -hmm. One other person to mention James uh, signed well I suppose technically signed from Chelsea even though he was a free transfer at the time Ross Barkley I don't think anyone expects him to start the game I think that would be slightly too soon but he could probably be on the bench having been here two or three weeks now in training and everything and there's a man with a point to prove if he comes off the bench
2: yeah, I, I think he's got to be in the bench. If he's fit, he's got to be on the bench. Uh, we don't know the, the, the status of that, but he's had the almost two weeks since the Brighton game and he, he signed just a little bit before that. So, you know, hopefully he's a bit more up to speed. Um, the, the, the fact is the lad's got Premier League experience, has not he? And it, that's going to be so vital. If we, We've talked about when he signed, if you get the Ross Barkley from Everton, what a player is going to be for the one from Chelsea. <laughs> no, but so many players go to Chelsea and, and, and don't cut it or, mm. or, or sort of. You know, Hopefully we flat. see 11 of them on Friday night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, they signed that many players. It's probably not unsurprising that, 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 that many of them would not really make the grade, but yeah, I thought it was a strange move because that Event was boy, boyhood club, wasn't it? But, you know, it didn't really work out, but that that's the that's part of Luton's um, transfer policy is signing young and hungry players. He's not that anymore, but he's young enough. He's in the prime point to prove though. Yeah, if anyone's got a point to prove, it will be him. And if he gets a chance against Chelsea, that's one hell of a point to prove. Yeah.
1: And if he scores. The uh, celebrations will be rather interesting, to say mm-hmm. the least. Tony, let's move on to Chelsea. They've got six injuries by all accounts, which means they were down to just six hundred and four players to choose from <laughs> on uh, on Friday. That. on Friday <laughs> night? Yeah, I, I gave up counting at six hundred and four. To be honest, it is yeah. getting way too long. I mean, the key one, the key ones if you like, that are out injured. Reese James would be their first choice right back because he's their captain. And I'm not even going to know, I'm going to get this wrong, but Carney Chukwumika, I think is how you pronounce it, <laughs> went off injured against West Ham on Sunday. He's now had knee surgery, so unless he's put had a new knee put in there, he's not going to be playing on Friday night. So they've got to do a little bit of jiggery-pokery. It probably means they've gone out and spent another quarter of a billion quid. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah they've got injuries to overcome
0: true but the other side of that coin is any players coming in will want to make a name for themselves and show that they've got a point to prove i you know sometimes i i look at teams like chelsea who've got these bigger squads and you think how can they keep all those players happy you know what 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 what's the 150 happens. grand a week will do that. That's, that's true. true eight, eight, <laughs> eight, <laughs> eight years <laughs> of security. If, even, if even, I'm trying to think, who was the who was the player a few years ago that, that, that wouldn't move on and whatever? And they were paying him something like 150 grand a week and he was just happy to sit on the bench. I can't remember. Oh, Bogard that? or something. Yeah, that's it? it. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's too many players like that. I mean, they, they all want to prove a point and, and you know, if have a place in the team because any professional worth their salt would rather be playing or, you know, if you can't get in the Chelsea side on a regular basis, I want to show another team that I'm worth coming in for. So there's going to be a bit of that. But um, I think we're playing them at a good time. Um, You know, as we've already said that you've got... um, them in the situation where they're still bedding in players and they're, and they're they're trying to work together and and get that team ethic going and working for each other. So I think that's going to even us up a little bit. But I mean, there's no doubt. That, I mean, if you look at them on an individual basis throughout their squad, they've got better quality. Mm. You can't argue with that. Yeah. You know, it just depends how they play on the night. And there's an old saying that said, football's played on grass, not on paper. And, you know, these valuations, it's been done so many times over the past that um, fees and reputations can go out the window. I mean, nobody thought uh, 10 years ago that we'd be a Premier League side in the FA Cup when we were a non-league, and that happened, so... These things happen. I can't see the reason why we can't do it, although I'd be happy with the point, to be honest. Yeah. With.
1: I mean, James, if you look through their team from Sunday, he had Robert Sanchez in goal. I mean, they started with a back three, didn't they, against West Ham, but soon realised that all three of them put together were no use. Uh, Colwell, <laughs> um, Tiago Silva, and my friend, who I'm really going to enjoy watching on Friday night. Well, he's Disassi is his name, but they should have called him Disaster because, I mean, he had an absolute mare against West Ham and he wasn't much better against Liverpool in the first game either. I mean, the starting side had Conor Gallagher and Enzo Fernandez in the centre of midfield, but we're fully expecting Moises Caicedo to come in potentially for Gallagher. The wing backs were Chilwell and uh, Gusto, who... Well, I mean, he didn't look much better than uh, his friend De uh, And then the forward three was Chikwemeka, which I've just said, he's definitely out injured. It looks like Mikaela uh, Mudric is going to come in for him, another £100 million player. Nicholas Jackson up front, the striker that you referred to earlier. And of course, Raheem Sterling. So, I mean, it's pretty tasty on paper, to be fair. But, you know, still only got two draw. Uh, sorry, a draw and a pretty heavy defeat, really, against West Ham to show for it.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you, when you line them up like that, it's, you know, they should be beating Luton. Um, but, you know, the point is that they, most of the players are, are fairly new, not, not quite used to each other. That's not to say that they're going to have all the possession again. I mean, they had it against West Ham and, um, you know, what we've seen from Mauricio Pochettino's side, Spurs side anyway, when they were in their pump was that they've run for days and they're you know, very, very physical, but.
1: I suspect this lot won't run for days, though, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, if you're coining 150 large ones a week, I'm sorry, but I ain't running for... and You know, that'll do me.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's different worlds, isn't it? It really is. But, um, you know, against West Ham, Raheem Sterling looked back to the player that he potentially was at Man City. He just fell off a cliff last season, but then so did Chelsea, didn't they, really? So that, that probably wasn't uh, unexpected when you put it in the team context but you know if he plays like he did against West Ham then there's a real threat there because he can really break through the lines and and, and he's got the pace and uh, he can dribble past people if he's anything like before Pep got older then he doesn't know where the goal is and that would be useful (laughs) (laughs) so it could be one or two ways there but um, you know he is a star player he is a star player and he's still fancied by Gareth Southgate uh, in the England setup as well, so you, 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 you know you can't um, discount him in any uh, shape or fashion. But there's a lot of players around him that are, are new, new to the country, new to the league. And like i already said, like like Jackson, if if he does take a while to bed in and, and get his first goal, and hopefully it takes a few more games than this one. And um, you know, there's there's precedent at Chelsea for. Uh, that to be a flop situation. Um, So yeah, we hope, we hope that there's many of those uh, on Friday night against Luton, but you know, the, the the dangers are all there, but I think that you've really got to play on this aspect of them being um, a new side that has been hastily put together uh, for a lot of money. The pressure's really on them, really. They paid that much, that amount of money. They've got to be finishing in the top four because if they don't, and they don't get the European money, then maybe in a season's time they will start falling foul of FFP. Uh, I don't know how they're not now, but uh, well, I do actually. If you had listened to Simon Jordan on Talk Sports' explanation of I mean, he did a very good explanation of it. I mean, I don't agree with it, but um, not that I don't agree with the explanation. I don't agree with the uh, Chelsea's ability to be able to do that there shouldn't there shouldn't be those loopholes or there shouldn't mm-hmm. be this way to do it. It's not really on a level of playing field. But you know, we are where we are, and. Um, it, <clears throat> they'll just be expected to beat Luton. So it's one of those where that can add pressure to them as well.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, Martin O'Neill made a good point on Talk Sport, actually, where he said this Chelsea side I'd have to finish in the top four this season because potential is the word that Gary Neville used on Monday Night Football. And I understand where he's coming from. But as Martin O'Neill said, if potential was part of the game plan, then there was no need to sack Potter. So... You know, they've they've brought in uh, Pochettino to finish in the top four. Uh, Tony, let's go through some key battles quickly. Um, one that could be defining is Carlton Morris against this Chelsea defence. If you look at Sunday, uh, Mikel Antonio, who's probably similar in stature and sort of characteristics to Morris, he basically dominated all three of these Chelsea defenders on his own. So if Morris can do the same thing... You know, we could have some serious sway at the top end of the pitch.
0: Yeah, and and you know that uh, Carlton will give a hundred percent. He'll get stuck in, and he he won't let any reputation phase him or anything like that. So, um, I, I, I think that's great, and I think he, he's the best player we've had leading the line for a long time. And i i, I think he he'll put himself about. I was pleased that he scored. Um, So that'll do him the world of good. And and you know what you're going to get from Carlton Morrison. They're going to have to watch him like a hawk, you know, because, you know, probably he hasn't got the pace that, you know, Raheem Sterling's got or whatever, but you know that he can use either foot and he's good in the air as well. So that's going to be a threat as well. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I just hope that Chelsea go into this with the... Teams like Luton Attitude, because you you know that whatever vocal fans they've got there are going to get on their back if it's not going for them, and and that's what we need to do. No, I'm I'm I'm. That's one battle I'm looking forward to. And, you know, and we've got players who can mix it and uh, put pressure on them, so we're not going to be phased by them at all. Yeah, if
1: we could get Morris up against Dizazi, disaster, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> um, yeah. then I really do think oh, there's uh, a, a way in there, certainly. We need,
0: we need a bit of the old, good old. Fashion, Danny Hilton, shitheads. Yeah, that's yeah. what we need.
1: Um, certainly, Antonio showed the way, and I am assuming someone from the from mm-hmm. the club would have been at the Chelsea West Ham game uh, on Sunday, given that they're our next two opponents. James, uh, you've mentioned Raheem Sterling throughout this podcast. Him against Amari Bell down that left hand side, or indeed Ryan Giles, depending on we, on how just how wide he plays. Uh, that's a big one. We need to cover that threat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I see him as the main threat, really. I, I think that's the way that Pochettino will probably play him because it, he knows the English game and he would have seen him at Liverpool and Man City. And if they can get that Raheem Sterling and the one it, that starred for England as well, then um, that's going to be a big boost to Pochettino's way of playing, I think. And, you know, what we saw in the West Ham game was that he was that player that was trying to make things happen. Um And so, yeah, it depends where he goes. You know, when he played for City, it was hard to mark him because he was all over the place. If he wants to play in one position, maybe centrally, uh, maybe Marvellous can get on him and and, and prevent that. But it it is a worry when he gets running on the ball. And I I think that Edwards has already spoken about this today. And he did a piece on Sky Sports where he, he talked about the basics of getting closer, getting tighter, doing the running earlier and the work earlier.
0: Cut the supply out
2: as well. Yeah, um, I think they've got to do that. I think, that, that, you know, <clears throat> you know, there was possibly an element of, of naivety in that aspect of letting them have the ball. It was more like a, it was a championship mentality. They did that in the championship, it will worked so well. But the difference in this league is that if there's even like a millimetre of space, somebody can pick a pass through it. And, and and Brighton particularly, they were fantastic at that. Um, so it's it's about those lessons I think, to learn. I think Brighton are a better side than Chelsea, to be honest with you. Oh, at this moment in time? Yeah, oh, undoubtedly. You know, oh yeah,
1: there so. must be. I mean, Chelsea yeah. are taking every single Brighton player that draws breath at the minute, aren't they? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, I fully expect them to... By the stadium and move that up to um, London at some point as well. It's everything that everything must go Mm. there. Uh, The other battle I'm looking forward to, and I think could also determine the outcome of this game is Chong against Kaiseido. Caicedo has a serious price tag on his shoulders right now, and he's got to live up to that. Yes, he's got this buzzword potential. But when you're brought for 115 million quid, you're brought to deliver now, not deliver in in amongst your eight-year contract. And he looked pony uh, on Sunday. He looked like a player who had no pre-season, had only just met his teammates. And really, you just wonder exactly what he's all about in that Chelsea side. Because at Brighton, he had a hell of a lot of runners from all angles. He basically only had to get the ball and give it to someone else. But Chelsea played two in the centre of midfield, not three. So... You know, he's a completely different job, and uh, if Chong can get you know the the upper hand on him and get the crowd on Caicedo's back, and you know Pochettino has doubts over him, he's you know I mean he's got another fifteen midfielders that are likely to come on on the bench. If we can dominate that particular showing, you know, there's you know, and Chong can get away from Caicedo get the ball in tomorrow's, get the ball into whoever the strike partner may be: Brown, Elijah, Giles, Kabore. Uh, mm. It really is a battle that we can get through, and, and I would trust John, er, Chong to do that. I really do think there's a lot of pressure on Kaiseido. And while I like him as a player, I'm just not convinced that that price tag is going to do him any favours whatsoever, particularly in light of the fact that Declan Rice, for just 10 million quid less, is already shining for Arsenal. So um, hopefully we can win two or three of those key battles, and uh, that could be the outcome to the game. As always on these preview podcasts, we're going to end with a score prediction. Uh, and I will come to I'll come to you, Tony, as this is your first match preview podcast. Uh, what's your prediction for the score on Friday? Night? I
0: I don't really wanna give a prediction mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Um because my attitude is if we win, fantastic. If we draw, fantastic, if we lose, so what we're expected to. But
1: That's all well and good, but what's <laughs> the score and I, yeah, I, right I, I know, I know. one
0: oh, one. Uh,
1: you see, you've done exactly what I did against Brighton. 1-1. Can't, can't bear to uh, say one, that one. we're going to lose, so we'll, okay, we'll just go 1-1. One, one. James, you did pick Luton to lose uh, against Brighton, not as heavily as we actually did. Um, same again, or do you see us getting something from this one?
2: I think there's more in this one for Luton. Um, there's lots of reasons and lots of little threads to pull on that might just unsettle Chelsea and... and um, swing it a little bit more in Luton's favour not totally I expect Chelsea to dominate the ball Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe Luton don't have a lot of chances but um, Tony has stolen my thunder of the 1-1 because that's what I was going to go for
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, it's not like me to be negative on this podcast at all but actually Mm. I I kind of see this game playing out in the same way that the FA Cup game did I think for an hour we're going to be right in this game maybe 65 minutes, 70 minutes even. But the problem we've got now is 70 minutes is still another half an hour to go and they're bringing £58 million Lavia off the bench. They're bringing £100 million here, there and everywhere. And no disrespect to our substitutes but because I love them all, but we're bringing Luke Berry off the bench who's been with us in League 2. You know, we're, we're, we're bringing much sort of lower-leveled players as much as they deserve their opportunity. The benches are just not... They're they're just not comparable. It's 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 as simple as that. So I can see us being right in the game one one, maybe even edging it at some point because their defense does look like you can really get
0: after it. I mean, Liverpool had a field day against it; they just couldn't put a ball in the back of the net. I think if we score first, if we can score first, that's gonna you know really increase the pressure on them. Yeah. So you know that's that's could be quite telling.
1: I certainly see us being in a game for an hour 70 minutes but unfortunately you know you're looking at another half an hour after that where they're bringing on god knows how many big guns and mm. ultimately that pressure might we might just subside because you know we tire sheer weight of expectation and everything else and, and the, their quality might just ring through so maybe 3-2 to Chelsea but I'm really looking forward to the game I think we'll give a really 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 good account of ourselves and and if we do go down 3-2 there's no shame in that because this is one of those games once again like Brighton away was our season does not determine by what happens at Chelsea away. The following game is where our season starts, in essence, not Gillingham, West Ham. Yeah. Um, so again, I hate the term "free" here, but there's just not as much importance on Chelsea away as there is on some of the other games we're going to come up against this I, season. I,
0: I think you're right there, Kevin, and I, I think that you know the, these games at Brighton, Chelsea gives enough of a, a, a chance for the side to bed in and start operating as a unit in preparation for when we play those sides that we need to get points off of to stay in the division. So that's how I'm looking at it. You know, like a uh, almost in a way like a pre-season, you know, except it's going to be more competitive. So, you know, I'm like you, I'm not worried if we lose. If we lose, we lose, so be it. But be looking for the points to pick up when we play Everton when we play West Ham when we play Crystal Palace well, when and we play anyone at and, home yeah. really yeah.
1: isn't it it's at home for and those around us away from home that determines it. The boys are going to give everything on the pitch on Friday night. That you can be absolutely guaranteed. If you're one of the 3,050 or so going down there, be loud and proud yeah. as you were We will Brian. be.
0: We will be. Make
1: the, make the same amount of noise. As likelihood is that there isn't going to be too much coming from the home end, so we're going to have to make all of the noise ourselves, and I'm sure we will do. Enjoy the evening down in London. Win, lose or draw and let the season start in the game after. But let's hope we can bloody some noses on Friday night on the way uh, too. My thanks, as always, to... James for uh, James and for uh, joining me on this podcast. Our thanks would also like to go to the Hightown club who are kindly putting us up this season. If you do hear some background noise whilst we're doing the podcast, that is only because we're at the Hightown club and it is still open downstairs. So we do apologize for that, but I hope you understand the situation. We also like to say thank you to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for our wonderful intro, which we hope you really enjoy. We do. And it's fantastic. And to Ed Smith creative for giving us all of our designs for this season. If you'd like to be on the podcast, we do have space for another guest. Just drop me an email, media at Supporters Trust.com, and we'll try and accommodate you as and when uh, throughout the course of the season. In the meantime, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, particularly if you're watching this on YouTube, please do subscribe, please do rate us, tell your friends, tell everyone that we're on YouTube. We want as many people to watch us as is humanly possible. But thank you very much for watching and listening and come on you hatters.
0: To you everyone in it's got this massive soul system.